Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. You know, today's episode is going to be really special. We are going to bring back an episode recorded back in the spring. And it was an episode actually recorded not with RN Huddle, but with the Gritty Nurse podcast. I had the great opportunity to guest host on the Gritty Nurse podcast, and I got to sit down and talk with the two very articulate, very smart, very sharp nurses who host that podcast, Amy Varley and Sarah Fung. And we sat down on International Women's Day. And we talked about the importance of advocacy and how important it is to be able to articulate aspects of your profession, aspects about what nurses do, all of the things that nurses are able to do with their training, and really how to accurately portray nursing to the greater public. So without further ado, let's take a listen to the entire rebroadcast of advocacy with our friends from the Gritty Nurse Podcast. Welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discourse on nursing and healthcare. My name is Sarah. And my name is Amy. And we are your podcast hosts. So today we have an interesting topic. We're going to be talking about advocacy and healthcare, and we actually have a guest with us. And uh, as we know, it's International Women's Day, so we wanted to celebrate by having an international woman with us. And her name is Dr. Heidi Keeler. So I'll let her just uh, quickly introduce herself. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, It is such a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Heidi Keeler, and uh, I am coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska, where I am the host of RN Huddle, another nursing podcast dedicated to nurses for nurses by nurses. And so um, I have a plethora of nursing experience and then a plethora of other life experience to bring to you all today. So I'm really happy to be with you. So I guess... um... We are really interested in the topic of advocacy, mainly because I feel like there's many different ways that nurses can advocate, um, not just for themselves, but also for their patients. It's something that's part of our daily lives, and I think it's something that we often um, take for granted or don't do effectively. And I guess, um, Heidi, I feel like you have a lot of expertise in this area and a lot that you could contribute um in that aspect. So I just wondered if you could maybe share some of your thoughts about advocacy in general and also advocacy in the nursing profession. Right, right. So uh, in my introduction, I mentioned to you that I have a plethora of nursing experience and a plethora of life experience. And so uh, in these uh, two aspects, you know, you learn a few things. And, and I've spent my, the early part of my career as a clinical nurse in acute care. I spent some time in, uh, in clinic, and I spent time in long-term care. And I would say the majority of my clinical expertise is with older adults, um, of course, with some of the lifespan sprinkled in there. 
And I also pursued a PhD in nursing research with uh, a master's focus in population health. And so when you pursue advanced degrees, uh, usually you end up learning more than just clinical skills. And I found in my experience that advocacy for your profession, advocacy for those issues that you're passionate about, is really a skill that is almost as critical as the expertise in your clinical area that you bring. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Right, right. And so now I work at the University of Nebraska Medical Center as a nursing faculty and also I I work as the director of two offices there. But since the Gritty Nurse podcast is all about speaking real and speaking from the heart, I just want to go on record as saying that the views that I'll express to you today, they are my own and and are not associated with the overarching policies and viewpoints of my workplace. Very, very good. I've learned that very quickly in terms of making sure we put those disclaimers out. And again, it's the same thing for myself and Sarah. So like, whatever we say are reflect are a reflection of our own views and our own experiences. And I think maybe this would be a really good way to kind of start the conversation. Like what does advocacy mean to you in nursing? And maybe we'll kind of do a round table. So like first, Heidi, you tell us a little bit about like, what does advocacy mean to you in nursing? And then Sarah and then myself. Right. So, you know, advocacy means many things. And in nursing school, we learn about nursing leadership. We learn about uh, nursing advocacy. We learn about uh, the importance of our profession. And I think a good deal of time we learn how to advocate for our patient. And so I think if you were to ask any nurse, what does advocacy mean? How, how would you advocate for your patient? I don't think there's a nurse alive who would even hesitate as to how to answer what advocacy is. Advocacy is knowing everything right. that you can about who you're advocating for, knowing what they need, knowing where to go to find those answers, knowing how to present whatever that need is to whoever needs to fulfill that need. And so advocacy, of course, is really learning how to say something to a particular audience such that you are achieving an end goal. So, you know, advocacy can be a scary word for people, but not when you put it into that context. So advocacy is something that I think is an essential skill. Now, we have it definitely in the clinical arena, but what does that mean when you pick it up and put it outside of the clinical arena? It, it gets a little bit scarier for some people, but in actuality, you know, advocacy for nursing and nursing as a profession is one of the responsibilities that we have as a professional. And so what does that mean? It means, uh, it means being able to articulate to anyone at a moment's notice what it is to be a nurse. What do you contribute as a professional? How do you contribute to the greater healthcare system and how are you contributing to society and really being able to say it in a way that is impactful and um, causes others to really pause and, and, and take a look at what you're telling them. 
Right, right. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And Sarah, what, what does advocacy for you mean? Well, I agree with everything that uh, you said, Heidi, about um, making sure you can articulate to someone else what it is that you need. And just building on that, I think that it's also giving a voice to those that don't have a voice or don't have or don't have as strong a voice as you do. So we know um, in the nurse-client relationship, there's always a bit of a power differential between the nurse and the client. We try to uh, minimize that, but there is a power differential just by nature of the relationship. So I think that's one piece of it. And I think the other piece is that we as nurses are really skilled in advocating for our patients, and we need to translate those skills into advocating for ourselves. Uh, not only as a profession, but also uh, every day in the workplace when we're working with different professions and making sure they understand the value that we bring to the table. So that's just something that I think. Yeah, and I think those are all really great points. Like, I think you guys have hit on all of the different points that I was kind of thinking of. But the other thing that advocacy means to me in terms of advocacy in healthcare, advocacy in nursing, advocacy in our profession is really if we're thinking about the patient like you said we are working with vulnerable people people who've come in and who are experiencing something in their life that is that is quite significant whether it's illness or the illness of another uh, loved one and I feel like in terms of advocacy it's really taking that approach where we are we're not paternalistic so we're not trying to um, push our thoughts or our judgments or our feelings or our impressions and how their care should be. Advocacy is also about bringing out what the best practice evidence is and helping to inform our patients to make really good decisions about their care. It's empowering them to help make those decisions and also providing them with the resources that we have available. And advocacy, I feel, also involves using the rest of the healthcare team as well. So not just yourself, but bringing other key players in to to talk about what are the best things suited for this patient? What are some of the things that we we might have not thought about that we can help support this patient in their care in their care journey. But in terms of advocating for the profession, this is one piece that I do struggle with. So I I think that we as nurses are really great advocates for our patients. I think I think that there, like like you were saying, Heidi, without a shadow of a doubt, we can be some of the best advocates for our patients. We are probably the first ones to step up to be saying, hey, didn't we think about this? Or, you know what? I don't think this is the right approach. I think we're really good at doing that. I think we're not very good at advocating for ourselves as a profession. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, it goes back to what I said, the definition for me of advocacy is, and that is, you know, you are taking a message for somebody to accomplish a goal with somebody else. And so we're very clear as nurses that when we advocate for a patient, we are advocating for the best outcome for that patient in the perspective of being somebody that is with them the majority of the time and, and, and making sure that we understand what their goals are, what they want out of their health care, what they want out of their treatment plan, and really working hard to to make that happen. So we really are effective in that in the healthcare team and really have the ability to translate that up and outside of that setting for sure. So but how how can we how can we mobilize that? How can we take the fact that we are really great advocates for our patients and families and how do we translate that into advocate 
advocacy for our nursing as a profession because I really don't feel that people really can see us in a lot of different aspects. So like I think this is one of the things I was kind of talking to Sarah about. When when we hear the word nurse, what is the first image that might come to your mind? You know, that's a really <laughs> interesting question. And again, I, I think about our training. And so right. many people, first of all, I think the greater public doesn't understand what nursing training is really all about. And interestingly enough, in our own training, where do we typically start? Like, what do you remember the first things you learned in nursing school? I'm just going to throw that question out there. What do you remember? Oh, <laughs> oh, no. So, you know what? It's 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 so funny that you said that because it's like when I think about some of the very first things I learned about, um, really, obviously, nursing as a theory. So learning about um, caring relationships, the nurse client therapeutic relationship, um, nursing theory. So learning theory, like learning about like <laughs> the Benner, history, about yeah. Nightingale, of course. So those were kind of those. So the history of like where nursing came from. And then if you're talking about from a clinical aspect, the clinical aspect really started with health history and then gerontology. So that was kind of my first introductory into nursing. And I have to and I have to say, and this is maybe where I might get into trouble. Uh, the other piece that I was kind of well now retrospectively thinking about it. One of my first clinicals we had was bed making. Oh my gosh. I remember that still. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I don't know how important that was to the profession at this particular point in time, but it was something that they found important to put into the curriculum. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like maybe this would have been important, like in Nightingale's time to be like, oh yeah, I could do mitered corners, but that is not important now. <laughs> like I don't so even many think other I things that I feel that could be a part of our curriculum that can really drive the quality of what nursing means. And I, I, I don't know, I, I, I hope things are changing, but I'll turn it back over to yourself and Sarah. Well, I was just thinking this whole time, like I don't ever remember learning about advocacy. Like it was never a weekly uh, talk that we had. I feel like almost I learned as I became a nurse, like, like I would say just learning as I went. Right. Um, I didn't really get any formal training on it. I don't think a lot of us did, which also highlights, I guess, where people feel like this is um, in terms of priorities. But it is really important. And I also, too, remember learning about bed making and thinking that this is really outdated. And even the nurse I was training with said that she had to make sure that a quarter would bounce off of the sheet or something. And that's how <laughs> you knew it was made properly. And I feel like that kind of degrades us as a profession because, yes, we are a female-dominated profession, and I do feel like that could be important, but really and truly, it's more about advocating for our patients and giving a voice to those that don't have a voice. And it's almost like I had to learn just in real life like how to do things and it was mainly trial and error I would say that I learned how to advocate for patients and it's something that I feel like requires practice in order to um, not just advocate for our patients but advocate for those around us like you said Heidi in different situations of our lives we're not very skilled at that. So I don't think I could have dreamt up a better example than what you two just articulated because what I was going to say is my first remembrance of, of my nursing training is learning about the history of nursing. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and and seeing the pictures of the nurses with the white hats and the white dresses and um, all lined up in a row and um, all the things that they had to learn back then, really kind of the history of nurses almost as handmaidens. Yes, I'm and, glad you said and that. And how mm-hmm. n- yes, and how nursing has evolved. When you think about a nurse, often those are the pictures that you see in your mind, yeah. and 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 really that translates out into the public. What is the perception of nursing by the public? Now, I think the first thing that we need to do as a profession is really think about what is our training? How are we trained? We don't only learn about um, caring and and, and empathy. (laughs) Those are very soft skills that are very, very important in learning. But we also learn about anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, uh, advanced diagnostics and and different uh, diagnoses and treatments for different diseases. We learn about all of those things in nursing school. And so I think we need to be able to articulate, first of all, what our primary training is and that it's not just about bedpans and passing pills. It's about knowing what are the pharmacokinetics and pharma pharmacodynamics in that pill that you're about to pass. How do you articulate to somebody taking that scientific knowledge and and bringing it into real people knowledge? How do you do that? And so I think the first step in advocating for nursing as a profession is really knowing what we are and and what we're not and, and really knowing that a lot of the history is that it's not like that anymore. We're in a different place. And and healthcare and clinical care is so different and so complex now that many of the things that nurses do at the bedside, if you were to pick those skills up and transfer ourselves back 100, 150 years, those were doctor skills. And so we have to understand that the complexity has shifted so far forward uh, that, that people need to understand what it takes to even become a nurse. And I think we start with that. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think I think driving that understanding is so hugely important. And I think conversations like the ones that we're having today really will hope hopefully we'll start to enlighten people to to think about our profession quite differently because perception unfortunately perception is everything like people like when i think of about nursing or e- even when i just first think of it just off the top of my head i see that person in a white hat and a white and a white dress and that's not me <laughs> it's just so weird that that is the <laughs> image that comes to my mind so i can only imagine if we were to poll 100 people what is the image that comes to their mind and then I'm sure there are other nursing images like Sarah and I were mentioning, like, so there's probably like the sexy nurse image or the dumb nurse image. And, and we just have to somehow break that perception that other people have of our perception or sorry, of our profession. And how do we, how do we do that? And I think through advocacy and talking about our profession, and like you said, building up what our education standards are, because I don't think people know the, the work that's really put into being a nurse, I think they don't understand that that, that four years really translate in, into quite a bit of education. And not all nurses even have a nursing background because there's second degree entry programs or they might have had a baccalaureate somewhere else and they're taking knowledge from another area from, that they previously worked in and, and bringing um, and learning about nursing. So I feel like, you know, it's just how do we how do we move that pin? 
right? Like I think us having the conversation today is one thing, but how do we let people know that nurses are much more than even that image that they might have at the bedside, that nurses are in policy, that nurses are in various different avenues, in education, in, in, in the community? How do, we, how do we mobilize it? How do we let people know? So I think that one of the areas that nursing really struggles in is the fact that its position within the healthcare team really is a bridge builder. Uh, we are with our patients for the clinical nurse for many hours in a day, and we are the bridge between other professions for that patient. And so I think we really need to be able to articulate where that place is in the healthcare arena. So one of the perceptions that I think we need to dispel out there, and it really affects the nursing profession, is that if you're smart enough, you'll go to medical school. And if you're not smart enough, then you'll, you'll just become a nurse. And so I think that that is a very damaging perception out there, one that really needs to be addressed. In some cases, that may be true, uh, that somebody did try to go to medical school and ended up going into another profession instead. But in many cases, myself included, I chose to be a nurse. I wanted that particular role for myself above and beyond doing something else. And I did. I considered becoming a surgeon. I, I thought that I would be really good at that. But I decided ultimately, after having some experiences with nurses myself and with my family members who had gone ill, that I really wanted to be that person to make a huge impact on the life of somebody directly. I think, and I still think, that being a physician or being a highly skilled physician, a specialist, is really, really great. But I also extremely value the impact and the healing that the training of the nurse and the role of the nurse brings to the healthcare arena. And so right. I think we really, in advocacy, we need to think about how do we articulate that to dispel the perception that this is, this is a, uh, in some ways, an intelligence test or that there's a hierarchy of intelligence involved here. You know, I, I really think that that's step one. I wholeheartedly agree again. And I think, again, this boils down to perceptions, right? So like, if you think about how we, how, how this hierarchy has come, to, come to be, like, if you think about, you know, the, the ideas and the perceptions of nurses being handmaidens, nurses being wet, uh, wet mothers for, um, so like even, even the name nursing, like, um, all like where these perceptions come from. Like, I think we have to boil it down and look at it. How, how are nurses perceived? So if you think about physicians, we, we hear about physicians in, in social media, we hear, about there's lots of TV shows that are directed to physicians like ER, Grey's Anatomy, all these types of shows, which are always showing them kind of as the hero. Um, and kind of the ones that are rushing in, like even like house rushing in, saving the day and the nurses role in those type of shows, because they're not the forefront of, of that particular uh, medium that our, our role really gets undershadowed.
Right. And I think uh, even on shows like Grey's Anatomy, we are always the supporting actor. We need a show that accurately portrays nurses as the leading role and portrays us accurately. And I think because and, you know, like both of you, Heidi and Amy, the stories you're saying, they're giving me goosebumps because I feel like there's so much potential with our profession, like just strength in numbers. There are so many of us. I think I read somewhere that there are 20 million nurses in North America. And if we could just if we could just mobilize ourselves and, you know, figure out what we want the public to know, I think there's so much we could do and so much we could do to move ourselves forward. We have to change the dial. We have to change the perception and we have to be more vocal. We have to be out there talking about what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I mean, I think people don't understand how, how it's, it's not just about the compassion. It's, it's also about the critical thinking. We couldn't do our, like, I don't think people really understand the complexities of dealing of a 12 hour shift of what that nurse is actually doing because it's not just pill passing like you said or or doing a set of vitals it's understanding how all of these small nuanced things interact with one another to say oh you know what maybe i do need to like let the doctor know that i'm seeing these changes because they're not there they're not there with them as frequently as we are we are seeing these various different things within that person's care path whether it's a change in cognition or the way that they're speaking or or there's a change, yes, in their vital signs that's that's gradual and insidious. But we're tracking that because we're with them so frequently and we're using those critical thinking skills and pulling on our knowledge from pathophysiology or pulling on our, na- our knowledge from um, anatomy and physiology, pulling on our microbiology types of information through looking at labs to say, hey, we've seen about six different things that point to this. And then we let the physicians know, but we have to let, we have to let people know that we do that. We are crazy diagnosticians as well. Like we, although we are not labeling a one specific diagnosis, we are taking a variety of different pieces of information and putting them together to, to, to create a story or a picture to say, Hey, you know what? I think we need to pay particular attention to X, Y, and Z. And we are very, very good at doing that. Right, right. And I think, you know, I, I think one of the issues that we have to really address in nursing is if the perception is that one, one requires a higher intellect than the other, then we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Now, I work with uh, medical educators. I know a bit about medical education and curriculum. I see what they learn. And what I have found is that it is very structured, it's very deliberate, it's very standardized. So if you are going to medical school in one school, you are receiving a very similar curriculum and you are striving towards a standardized set of skills as another school in another city. We need to ask ourselves in nursing, are we doing that? And I think one of the perceptions is that Oh, a nurse is a nurse is a nurse. And what we all know is that in caring for a person, there are different levels of care. There's direct care. And Mm -hmm. I think we started this whole podcast with the idea of making a bed and and, and direct care skills. (laughs) You know, that's that's one of the the starting points. Then there's, uh, you know, carrying out a care plan, something that's already been thought through. 
and then there's there's creating a care plan and there's there's some higher level thinking and then there of course is advanced practice which just sprinkles in so much more formal education so our first problem right. is the perception problem that a nurse is a nurse is a nurse and we really need to clarify that as a profession and stop saying that nurses are one one entity and has this has just one skill set that's not the truth and so if we are going to you know be able to clearly articulate that this nurse and this nurse have both been trained as rns with with bsn degrees and so therefore that these are the skills that they're going to have now in some ways we have that with our standardized testing but there's several different roads to getting there and so there is a quality and a perception of quality differential there that really as a profession hurts us yeah and i i see that specifically in in how um and i can't speak too much to it but i can see that how it is different from like even canadian education to education in the u.s so like i would say that our schools here like there are not a lot of nursing schools nursing programs like i'm pretty sure i can count them all on between my like my my fingers and toes whereas in the states i think there's quite a a vast amount of programs so i don't know if it's just because you guys have much more like your population is much larger than ours as well that there are just so many different programs so many different avenues like i was reading some people posting about various different terminologies and and the different types of names of nurses that you guys have out there so i can see how that there's that great complexity but in terms of standardizing it how would how i think one of the things that would be really integral is even standardizing the amount of clinical hours that people have to spend being out on the units and working with patients and families I, I was in a program where we had something like over 3,200 hours. So I really had to put my time in. And even in my master's program, I had a whole clinical component. But there are other schools that you can do a lot of your education virtually online and you don't do a lot, you don't, your clinical hours are lessened. So how do we, how do we touch different nursing schools and say, let's work together to standardize this? Like how, how would we even start that type of conversation? Yeah, that, that's a really tough one because we are, by nature, personalities that like to bring people together. And when you start talking about non-standardized anything, that in some ways can be divisive, can it? And so um, right. I think, you know, I'm glad you bring this up about clinical hours because I think in advocacy, another part of advocacy is being able to advocate politically. Now, here in the United States, we have independent practice for our uh, our advanced practice nurses or nurse practitioners in several states. And in in trying to advocate for that politically, legislatively, a lot of these things fall out on the table as far as how many clinical hours a nurse has or an advanced practice nurse has versus a physician or a, a medical student, a resident, etc. Right. And I think I think that is a valid argument. And so if I am a patient, I want to know how many clinical hours that nurse or, or that physician or anyone who's caring for me has had. Right. And if I hear that one profession has 
many, many more hours of supervised clinical versus uh, some other type of clinical, then, then that one is going to be the one that I would gravitate to by perception. Now, getting back to advocacy for nursing, you know, we have to advocate for the fact that while other professions, undergrad is in general education or concepts, theories, what have you, nursing education is clinical and hands-on and real intricate, complicated training. So I really get irritated when I hear things like, well, they, you know, nurses don't have enough clinical time. My entire undergrad was clinical. I had three full years of, you know, two and three days a week, full days of being with patients, learning how to recognize symptomology of diseases, learning how to carry treatments through, recognizing when, when, pathologies are changing. So, you know, we really need to, as a profession, learn how to advocate for, again, getting back to what are we trained in doing? And many times, because nurses are caring not just for the physical, not just for the emotional, but for, uh, you know, all aspects, social components of health. Right. Uh, because we are doing that, those, those less tangible skills seem to rise to the top and the fact that those really technical physical skills are really a a bulk of the training that seems to dissipate and I'm not sure why that is you know it's just just hearing this it, it it really is striking a chord with me because I think I've been feeling this way for such a long period of time in terms of how do we really message to people what what we can do and like even just thinking about it now, I still even struggle with the, the thought to say, okay, we have the, we have our Gritty Nurse podcast. You have your RN Huddle podcast. There are, are so many nurses that, that are talking about various different things, but I still feel like we're not getting the traction that we need. So how do we, like, I feel like, do we need to become much more political? Do I need to be reaching out to say, hey, you know what? Look at the the work that we're doing here. This is above and beyond our our regular day in day out job. Like I I I do this pod. This is a passion podcast for me. I the reason why myself and Sarah decided to have the Gritty Nurse podcast is really it. To, to be honest, if you think about it, it's about advocacy. We are talking about our profession in a way that most people don't understand or see nursing. And I feel like how I, I'm still struggling. Like, how do I how do I really push the envelope? How do I get people to really hear what we're trying to say today? And and even just through having this conversation, I'm still having like it's just like it's I just feel like it's under my skin to say, okay, so like what is the what is my next step today? Right, yeah, right. Amy, I totally feel what you're saying because I mean, even when we started this podcast, our very first episode was could you think of some famous nurses, right? And so we have, you know, like Florence Nightingale, we've got 
all kinds of nurses that have been on TV shows, but they don't represent as accurately. There's been Nurse Ratchet, there's been Nurse Jackie, there's been, I can't even think of any nurses like recently that have really um, been in the public eye. And I sort of think that we need to be more in the media. So even doing this podcast, we need, I know, I feel like we need nurses on the radio, we need nurses on TV, we need more nursing podcasts. Like we just need to get out there because if we don't articulate who we are, then we're going to let someone do it for us and it's going to be yeah in the form of a show that's inaccurate I think yep oh god (laughs) and I think that's already happening right like I think yeah I think you really hit a nerve with saying that if we don't represent ourselves other people will do it for us and I believe that's what's happened over this long period of years right like I feel like yes we've had that whole teaching with with Nightingale but really there's been so much change since then like, I really, not saying that we shouldn't learn about Nightingale. Please don't take that the wrong way. But I think there's much more to us than that. And I think we underpin so much of our theoretical um, underpinnings through through the, through the those type of philosophies that I feel like it should be the tip. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And that there, we're, we're so much more than that today. And we need to we need to be the ones to vocalize that like it shouldn't be like, for example, like we're seeing this show called Nurses. I don't know if you've heard about it, Heidi. It's a Canadian show and it's god awful. Like I watched about the first five minutes and I was like, this is the most ridiculous piece of crap I have ever seen because it, it, like I'm watching it. I'm like, that's not how nurses act. Like there was this one scene. It was random. This patient, this nurse walked into the room and these patients, the patients and family members were crying. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, and they're like, oh, the doctor comes in. And she's like, you need to excuse yourself, nurse lady. And she runs out the room bawling. I'm like, what in the godly hell is this? I'm like, that is not how we act. I'm like, we'd be probably the ones like, you know, maybe we'd go over and show therapeutic touch. Or maybe we'd go over and we would, it would be a moment of silence. But I was like. They're not the, the the perceptions that even these writers or directors, who are they getting this information from? We are being misrepresented because we aren't going out to say this is not how we behave. We need to be right. the ones to sit to be sitting in the driver's seat to say, hey, that's not how we act. Maybe you should actually reach out to real nurses to help co-design your show. Or maybe maybe nurses should have a show called Nurses. And we're the ones that are designing it to be like, you know what? Not only is she a nurse, but now she's a director. She like we need to put our foot in so many different areas, but we like we just need we just we just need to do it. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. We have to be the ones <laughs> to do it. And I feel like oh, what's what's the first right? Step? And another perception of nurses. <laughs> on just on that note, the other perception of nurses, especially in shows like that, is that we are the ones that sleep around with doctors. Oh my god, that's that's the role. I know, like I just really it, irk, it really irks me. So we need to get away from that. Well, I have to say a couple of things in here because you know we share a common passion, and that is getting the the voice and the advocacy out there for nursing. We are lovers of our profession and 
really want to be advocates for change. And so, you know, we went over the history, we went over the present. And so I think the only way that you can change anything is one, like you said, um, becoming involved and, and two, well, where do we go from here? And so the key is from here. That means that there's a point where you put your foot down right. and you say enough is enough. Now I'm going to blast you with my comments of all the things that you just said because you brought up so many points for me that I want to get out there. First of all, there was a book written um, probably 15 or so years ago, and it is called From Silence to Voice, What Nurses Know and Must Communicate to the Public. If you are a nurse, you must run out right now and get this book because it was written by journalists who actually who wanted to articulate what the role of the nurse is because of some experiences that they had with um, misperceptions and, and things like that. And so I just want to tell you three things that were brought out, three main points that were brought out in, in the book. First of all, not enough nurses are willing to talk about their, their work because in some way talking about your virtue, your virtuous actions negates the validity of Amen. it for some reason um, <laughs> it's so true You're, oh there. gosh yes and so right and so and when they do talk about their work they they paint an inaccurate picture of nursing by using a virtuous nurse versus a knowledgeable nurse a trained nurse a uh, uh, i don't know a soft healer versus a intelligent, critically thinking person. And those are two two skill sets actually that nurses do have and they, right. they possess both. And so how do you articulate that, you know, although there is this empathy and this ability to to care for not just the physical but for the other domains of health, that holistic approach, how do you then articulate that it takes knowledge, intelligence, critical thinking to carry out the role of the nurse. And then uh, the third thing is, is that uh, we have to um, get away from the stereotype of just a nurse. Absolutely. We actually perpetuate that ourselves. Now, a very wise physician friend of mine once said, if you want to be a player, you have to play the game. And so if you are demeaning your profession unintentionally by, oh, oh, it was nothing, or that's just my job, or that's what we do, ha, 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 you know, no, actually, it does take training. It does take nerves of steel when you're the one, uh, you know, running the code. It does take those highly trained critical skills to do what you do. And you know, it, it is a job that is not just um, mentally taxing, but also physically and emotionally and spiritually taxing, too. Yeah, and we need to get absolutely. that out there. Yeah. And so if you have a job that is that complex, why would you then treat that profession as something less and not as important in the hierarchy you, of healthcare? You you it was like music to my ears. Honestly, it's. That is exactly 
what we need to hear. And it is exactly the truth. We need to elevate ourselves to be like we are, because I, I do hear that saying, I'm, I'm just a nurse. You way more, so much more than just a nurse. Yeah, I have to just interrupt you here and tell you about a story of a, a, a real story that I witnessed um, going to a nursing conference. One of my colleagues was um, a nurse manager, a leader, t uh, taught nurses in leadership for over 20 years. This is somebody who, an RN, who was really good at right. what she did. And she went up and presented uh, on a topic, and, and I don't remember exactly what the topic was, but it was something revolving around advocacy. And the, the next day, people came in and started complimenting her on the, you know, the brilliance of the, of the presentation. And her response was, oh, well, I, I kind of goofed in a few <laughs> places and, oh, it really wasn't anything, uh -huh, you know. And I just wanted to put my foot down and say to her, what are you doing? <laughs> like, claim yep. it, own it. Nobody else has a problem. No other profession has a problem owning their skills. Absolutely. Own it. <laughs> you worked hard for it. You grew these skills. Do it. Now, I want to come back to one other thing that you said before, because when you were saying it, I was <laughs> seething. It's hard to see somebody seething on a podcast, but this really, this topic burns me because if you don't do it, somebody yeah. else oh. will. Yeah. Now, for years, for years, we know firsthand how empathy, how Connecting with somebody on a social or an emotional level just just helps healing and and um, contributes so much to the experience of somebody who is in the worst Absolutely. times of their life, struggling to get better. We know it. We see it. We use it. We're experts in it. And when we try to articulate to our colleagues in other professions the value of that, Somehow we weren't able to advocate for the importance of that skill. And because we weren't, somebody yep. else has done it for us. Yep. So not to diminish this work, but to point out that somebody else was able to advocate for this when we couldn't. So there is a, a, a movement out there now called Empathetics. And you can oh look this God. up. Anyone oh my goodness. Go on the internet and look this up. It's called Empathetics. It's it's a, a movement by a, a neurologist uh, by the name of Dr. Helen Reese, and she wanted to really dig into what is the physiological and the effects of empathy um, in the healthcare team and uh, and in in caring for patients. And I am not going to go into many of my personal thoughts about this because I have many. <laughs> Um, we could do a whole podcast on that. But if you look at how empathy is presented there versus how if a nurse were to, without knowing an audience, how to present that, um, you can see the differences in, in the advocacy style. And not only was there the belief that this is something important, there were facts and messaging 
and trademarks put behind this. A book was written. So, um, you know, when we talk about if if not us, then who? Well, guess what? It's going to be somebody, not you. See, you know, like, like you said, because we're not all sitting in the room, like, you can't see me like slowly dying on the inside hearing that. Because it's just like, there are so many things that we do and we just let other people own it. Like we really should, I know this is crazy, but maybe we should take a page from the Kanye West school of hard knocks and be like, you know what? Yeah, I did it. I did a great job because I'm super awesome. We need to say that a lot more. <laughs> just be like, I yeah, can guarantee I'm, I'm a, that there I'm, are other professions I'm I'm that fantastic. have no problem with that. It's like we can't, it's like we almost can't take on the compliments like I think I was actually mentioning to Sarah I was like we should do a podcast just solely about how to accept commommendations yeah, how, yeah. how to receive praise and thanks because it's like we, sh- we we turn into ourselves and yes I'm not saying that we shouldn't we shouldn't be humble absolutely but I think there is there's a time and a place that we actually say yeah I did this and this is some good hard work and and we did it yeah, and I think we also have to take the compliment as what it is. You know, say thank you. I I think I did a great job too. And not just go into self-deprecating mode where as you say, Heidi, oh, it was nothing. Oh, I really goofed up. Like, just be confident and be positive and, you know, be proud of what right, you did. Right. And I- so, like, it might take practice for some people, but it's something that we really need to start doing as right, a profession. Right. And, you know, um, you know, it's not the fact, it's not the fact that that empathy like nursing feels like in many ways it owns empathy because it's such an integral part of what we do. It's not the fact that, um, that somebody else found it valuable enough to really research and, and, and forward it as a concept. It's not that at all. It's the fact that we, we missed the boat and because we did, um, the concept was evolved in a way that doesn't really include us, even though we use it each and every day. So, you know, somebody also has brought up in the past that nursing struggles with advocacy and the ability to find its voice because it's predominantly women. And so we're going to go into another hot area, aren't we, here and talk about the femininity of nursing. And so I think that in many ways that perhaps some of that is true. And when we think about advocacy and what do we need to do as next steps, I think we also need to own that the reality is, is that we're still predominantly female but not use that as an excuse because women are strong, they're passionate, they're intelligent, they're able. And, you know, let's just look at our physician colleagues. Approximately half of the MD world now are females. And so they have in their reality, the same reality that we do in that for years, physician, physicians were not dominated by females there are more females uh, in in uh, the medical world but they still encounter problems and issues related to their gender much like we do now what is our response 
our responses to perpetuate it. What is their response? Their response right. is, and I have a, a, an MD colleague whose response was, you know what, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to call this issue out that, that even though there are physicians that have the same degrees, same talents, sometimes even more talent than a male colleague, they still encounter issues of gender inequity. So instead of complaining about Absolutely, it, yes. this physician put her foot down, created a group, and is really changing the conversation nationally on on females in medicine and females in healthcare. So I think that if if that example is out there, then again, we've missed the boat good for them, but we missed the boat and we need to stop watching and start doing. So with, with you saying that to stop watching, to start doing. So how, with all these various different points that we've kind of brought to light, what do, if we were to idealistically, let's say five years from now, see what, what we would think advocacy in nursing as a profession would look like what would it look like to you guys well for me I think the first thing is is we have to have a real discussion about what is the value of what we do and anyone that's ever been a patient knows the value of what we do and it seems like we've been okay with that that as long as our patients are happy everything is okay now that patient satisfaction has become part of the overall healthcare quality conversation nationally, other people are paying attention to patient satisfaction and what goes into that. Right, Strangely right, enough, right. it's not a nursing conversation. And so the first thing is, is we have to be able to, as a profession, articulate what is the value of what we're doing. How do we then quantify that value? And when you talk about advocacy, you can't talk about advocacy without also talking about power differential. So I think nursing really has to sit down and think about, well, okay, if these power differentials exist, why do they exist? What can we do that is getting a seat at the table without knocking anyone else off the table? Because oftentimes when, when groups get mobilized, they like to start taking aim at folks that are at the table already. And you know what? Why do that? Why why want to knock somebody else and get into a, a, a turf war because you have not advocated effectively up to that point? The goal is to get an equal See, seat I, at the I, table, not to get into a turf war. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but I also feel that for us to get a seat at the table, we might need to make noise. We can't, we can't try to say, excuse me, can you hear what I'm saying over here? We might actually have to, to be a little bit aggressive, to say things that people might not want to hear. They, they might be thinking it, but, but saying it is a whole other thing, right? So like, even just having this podcast, I, I remember myself and Sarah being like, oh, do we need to be concerned about like what we actually say? And and the thing is, it's like, well, no, we shouldn't because we're not saying anything untoward. We're saying it for the most part, what people are thinking, but it, it is for, for whatever reason is the profession of nursing. It's like, it's, we're, we're pushing a boundary, but we're really not because, because really right there or, or no ceiling at all. Like we should be able to say, you know what? We haven't had a seat at this table and 
And you may not have a seat for me there, but maybe I'm going to create a seat or I'm going to kind of, you know, squeeze myself in because, because we, we can't, we can't have too many, too much pleasantries. I think, I think that's where sometimes we fall down. Like we just, we we're we're so nice. We're so friendly. And I think sometimes we just have to be like, you know what? I'm going to make this a little bit more difficult for you so I can make sure my voice is heard today. But you can do that. You can do that by, so, okay, you said make noise. And that's true. Sometimes you do need to make noise. And why do we make noise? We make noise to draw attention to the message. Absolutely. What is the message? I think that is the important thing that nursing really has to get a hold of. What is the message? What is the value of nursing? What is the training that nurses have to do? What can we add to the healthcare team that doesn't already exist? And how do we do that in a way that is fact-based and not subject to subjectivity that somebody can, can sprinkle into it based on what's happened in the past or based on somebody's perceptions? I was going to say that, you know, a very real skill in all of this is to be able to fight fire with fire. There has to be facts. There has to be convincing evidence as to why you're saying what you're saying. And you've got to be able to back up your claims. Oh, absolutely. But I, and I also feel that we need to have more presence. So for us to have a seat at the table, we have to have a presence in everything that we do. So for example, there are Physicians do podcasts, physicians do TV shows, physicians are on social media. Not saying that we don't have some of these areas, but like in terms of sheer representation, I don't think even though we have, we're, we're huge in numbers, I think our representation is still very low when it comes to looking at where where we can find our seats, whether it is sitting in a room with politicians, whether it is standing in front of a school and and having public speaking to people who are non-healthcare professionals. Like, I feel like we are not in all the areas that we should be because I think we bring a lot of value to a lot of different places, but we, send, we tend to stick to what makes us feel comfortable. Yeah. We yep. stick to the healthcare realm where we can, we should be in politics. We should be in, in, in food safe. We should be in various different areas because we have such a wide skill set, but we, we, we really divvy ourselves to stay in, we stay where we're comfortable. And, and I think for us to really have a seat at the table and to mobilize and to show who we are, we need to move outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I think we really just need to unite together as one front and figure out what our message is going to be to the public. Because, I mean, we've talked about in our bullying episodes and our racism episode that often we are our own worst enemies. So if we cannot even figure out like amongst ourselves what we want to say, it's almost like we need a marketing campaign. All the nursing organizations need to get together and just have a message out to the public about this is what we do and this is who we are. And we just need to get the word out there. And I think just in terms of organizations and even on an individual level, we need to make this a priority. We need to prioritize that this is important, that we are able to advocate for ourselves and learn the skill of advocacy and have this translate out all across the board. So maybe it almost sounds to me like it's a call to action to, to help change the perception of what our nursing identity is now because I think there is a perception of what our nursing identity was many many years ago but the call to action should be 
what do nurses what what what's our identity now what are nurses like now and how do we push that envelope and and change that perception because it is Right, right. And, and, you know, the perception comes from messaging. (laughs) And so one of the, the very real tangible things that you can take away from this podcast is, you know, where do you even start? Where do we start? You know, as a nurse, you may not really want to make your first step be getting at the executive table or, or get into politics. But you can sit down and come up with a a three-minute and a one-minute elevator speech. When you come across different folks that you think would need to hear the messaging about what nursing is, what it is that you do, and what you contribute, you really need to sit down and think about what that message is. What is nursing to you personally? How can we flip the script from that virtue-based profession, that white hat profession over to that critical thinking knowledge-based profession that we know we need to have in order to survive in the role. So that's a very real tangible thing, a a three-minute and a one-minute elevator speech so that you at a moment's notice can articulate and advocate for nurses with whoever you find yourself in that quote-unquote elevator in. I think that's really well said. Absolutely. And so then I want to bring up one more thing. It's I know that it sounds like we're kind of wrapping it up to the more the more tangible call to action here, but I want to make one more point about advocacy. You know, when you think about advocacy, it's closely related to poli- politics, right? And when people hear politics, they cringe. But really, if you look up the <laughs> definition of politics, politics is really about trying to decide where a finite number of resources are going to be um, divided. And so, and so that is really essentially what politics is. Now, politics can be national, like all the stuff that we're hearing now, international, all the things that you hear about, but it can yep, also yep, be yep. right locally in your unit, in your hospital, in your clinic, wherever you are. And in order to be able to uh, articulate and advocate for nursing, you have to understand the resources components of what drives the profession. If you don't have knowledge of how the resources are gained and used, nursing is going to lose. So I really think that that is another real thing that nursing can do as a profession. How are our skills compensated? And I think if you start scratching into that, you're gonna you're gonna open up a Pandora's box. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, Heidi, whoa, 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 <laughs> don't get me started because there's. <laughs> There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening out here with our unions because, like, we have um, unionized and non-unionized, uh, sorry, non-unionized workers, and we just saw it within the the ONA collection collective agreement that the government did not want to give, our, so it was like an increase of your like I think it's kind of like your livable wages. So like if there's a, a flux in um, the economy, the government would help with that flux or whatnot. They gave it to police officers. They gave that extra percentage to firefighters. When it came to nurses, 
they didn't want to give that extra money. So why is that? Right. And I can't help but think don't, it's, don't yeah, I know. <laughs> so mad. I can't help but think because it's not just nurses, it's teachers, which as we know is also a female dominated profession. I can't help but think it has something to do with that. But I think that's a podcast yes, topic that's, for another that's day. That's like a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, like compensation is highly, highly, highly important. And I think recognizing what we do and making sure that we're compensated correctly is a is definitely a whole other episode, but definitely a very important conversation to have. And people and I know nurses are terribly are are horrified about talking about money. I don't know why, but well, I think we definitely got some ideas for I've other seen. podcasts. Um, Heidi, Heidi, was there <laughs> anything else you wanted to add before we kind of wrap up? Well, I've just been thinking about all the things that we talked about, and I know that we could probably sit here for a thousand years and talk about it, um, <laughs> since we all have a lot of experience and knowledge of of what it feels like to be a good advocate and what it feels like to be the recipient of bad advocacy. And so, you know, we talked about the perception of nursing, the history of nursing. We, we talked about how really it's not what it used to be, and we have to dispel the image of what it used to be. We know that, you know, we know more and more about health and that there are eight to ten domains of wellness out there. It's not just physical. It's not just the absence of disease. And so... We have that training. We know how to to get folks to foster their emotional and their spiritual selves as well as their physical selves, which is in itself a contribution. You know, nurses have to get away from this false humility and this value, virtue-driven perception of itself. And we really need to start thinking about how to craft our messaging that's going to be heard in the right way by the intended audiences. I think we forget to think about who we're talking to when right. we craft our advocacy messages. And so we need to do a little bit of thinking about, okay, when we're advocating for this with whom, how am I going to say it? You could be saying the same things only in a different way, which makes it more palatable for those that you're advocating uh, to. Absolutely. You know, we talked about the, the three reasons why nurses have to move from silence to voice. We talked about how if we're not at the table or we're not stepping into these regions, somebody else will. And I think that, you know, understanding how to get power and resources is also another integral skill. And, you know, we talked about how you can start right now by getting off of this podcast when we're when we wrap up and sitting down with a pen and a a piece of paper and writing the words that you would say to somebody when they ask you, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, wh what is nursing? And really thinking about the powerful, impactful things that you do. And one by one, those one, those one and three minute elevator speeches can become collective and a unified voice of nursing. What a way to end International Women's Day. That was so empowering. Dr. Keeler, thank you so much for coming on the Gritty Nurse podcast. And I really and I know this sounds really lame, but I feel like there's a gritty nurse in all of us. And I feel like we just need to pull it out. We just need to pull up that that gritty nurse to create those elevator speeches to really let people know what we do on a day-to-day -day basis because we're not just nurses. 
we're so much more. Absolutely. And I can feel, I can feel your passion yes, from across this your I feel it. <laughs> I know it's there. I feel like there's more to come. Um, but definitely, um, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. You can like, share, and subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you all so much for having me. Happy International Women's Day and go all you gritty nurses out there. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Heidi. We appreciate you coming on. Well, I just have to tell you in conclusion of our episode today, I know that it was really long. I know that we typically aren't used to having such long broadcasts here at the RN Huddle. But that was just an extra special experience. I really thank my friends over at the Gritty Nurse podcast, Amy and Sarah. You were the best. It was really a pleasure to work with you. And, uh, and I think that, you know, the more nurses we have out there advocating for our profession, the more we have who are able to talk about what nurses do and how they really impact the healthcare arena, I think the better all of us are going to be. So thank you, both of you, for having me on the show. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and thank you listeners for tuning in to this broadcast of RN Huddle. See you next time. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE, or check out unmc.edu CNE for more program information.